Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. What's up, Dolphins? And welcome into the Tuesday, August the 13th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we go deep into the analytics. We'll look at snap counts, advanced metrics, and explore what those numbers tell us going forward this preseason, plus a new role for TJ McDonald, a funky trade rumor involving a superstar edge and the Miami Dolphins, and we'll list our Dolphins ideal personnel packages and explain the new defensive scheme now that we have some concrete evidence to what it looks like. All of that and more, but first, before any of it, I kindly invite each and every one of you to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. We are only behind the Packers and NFL show for hierarchy on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at WingfieldNFL. Voted the number one follow on Dolphins Twitter by Dolphins Twitter. You can find the show at LockedOnFins. And of course, LockedOnDolphins.com. We have plenty of content you guys are going to want to check out up on the site this week. And last but not least, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts like the Locked On Heat podcast and the new rebranded Locked On NFL podcast with the expert analysis of former NFL scout Matt Williamson and new host Brian Peacock. Let's go ahead and jump right in. That's another Miami Dolphins and interrupting the first portion of this podcast today is this rumor coming down the wire that the Dolphins not only are in the mix for Jadavion Clowney, but that they have struck a deal to acquire the Texans edge rusher and former number one overall pick. And of course, that would go along with a massive contract to Jadavian Clowney. And that's why I'm not buying this at all. It's one of a couple of reasons I'm not buying this trade rumor. And watch, I'll publish this podcast late Monday night and we'll have a trade on Tuesday and I'll look stupid for it. But I don't think it'll happen because one, the Dolphins have already told us Based on that Patriots model, they have shown us both in the acquisition period of the offseason and now into the preseason that they just don't place that high of a value on pure edge rushers. The Patriots got rid of Chandler Jones. They got rid of Richard Seymour back in the day. They just let Trey Flowers walk. This defense wants to rely on the scheme and put its money into the offense and into the secondary and linebacker positions, respectively, on this particular defense. And number two... How does this jive with the entire offseason plan to buy low on potential high-reward players? That's not what Clowney is. You pay top dollar. You're not going to get the value you pay for a guy at this level on the open market because you always have to pay above market value for these free agents, and the Dolphins just aren't going to be a team that goes out and spends that kind of money on free agents. They won't do it. They're going to be more involved in the compensatory pick process and paying their own guys and developing draft talent not going after Jadavian Clowney or Indomitian Sue or Mike Wallace or Brandon Albert. The ship goes on and on and on. No longer is that this Dolphins team. They're done doing that. They're not going to trade for Jadavian Clowney. Let's transition now and talk about a player that is on this defense and has a role suited for this defense and looks much better in that role compared to what he did last year. And I'm talking, of course, 
about safety slash linebacker TJ McDonald. And you guys are going to hear me explain the defensive packages later on in this podcast. But the primary package they're going to use, it's going to rely a lot on this guy's ability to defend the edge in the running game and help out as a blitzer and cover down in the first five yards of the line of scrimmage. I'm talking, of course, about TJ McDonald. And I posted a video. It's up on the LockedOnDolphins.com article right now, taking a look at some of the advanced metrics from the game on Thursday night. And in this video, I show three plays from last year and three plays from Thursday night that really clearly explain the difference in McDonald's role on this defense. Now, you go back to last year in Matt Burke's defense, and McDonald regularly played back off the line of scrimmage 10, 15, even 20 yards off the ball in some two deep looks. Of course, they had Rashad Jones doing that in single high looks, which is complete lunacy as McDonald took Jones's job down in the box. But the reason you do that is because that's where McDonald plays his best football down around the line of scrimmage as a sub-package linebacker type of player. And that's what the big nickel is going to get him to do, playing off the edge, having a run fit on defense, as well as working to the flats and into the hook zone with some minimal man coverage responsibilities when it comes to pass defense. The videos I showed from last year, there's a look in too deep defense where he has to defend a cover two look on a sideline shot from Matt Stafford to TJ Jones, and he just doesn't have the recognition or the quick twitch ability to get out there and cover that ground in short order. It was to the boundary side of the formation, which shows you he lacks that burst to get to that edge on those plays. Another look has him covering a tight end who is already outflanking him on an over route. He has to try to keep up with Jimmy Graham coming across the formation. He cannot do that either. And the third rep is him against the Colts last year into the boundary once again with a zone coverage responsibility of a corner route from a tight end and a flat route from the running back. And the coverage is a bust from the start because, well, he's the only one over there on a two-man route combination. But you see the leverage that he has. He's supposed to defend up over the top for that corner route to the safety. And luckily, Andrew Luck takes the check down and throws it into the flat to the back because because McDonald is driving on that flat route while going in behind him on a corner route is a wide open tight end. It basically asked him to have eyes in the back of his head, on the side of his head, and of course in the natural position on the front of his face. But in this new defense, adhering to only run fits, and real quick, all a run fit is, is a gap responsibility a player has on the defense. And that's what this defense wants to do. It wants to clog those gaps with bodies and play tight man coverage on the back end. And that's why the Patriots typically, most of the time, have pretty good run defense, especially down in the red zone. So this defense gives him particular run fits that he can key on immediately. And it gives him limited coverage responsibility working forward and sideways, but never going backwards where he can really get lost in coverage that way. So check Check out that video. It's on my Twitter timeline. It's on the article up on LockedOnDolphins.com. I think he's going to have a lot of success against the run, blitzing the quarterback, and opening space and gaps for other pass rushers with that blitz off the edge, as he can also check and cover the back if he gets picked up on that blitz as well. So plenty of new roles for TJ McDonald. Encouraging stuff from the defense from a schematic standpoint all around, and we're going to come back and talk more about that. We're also going to talk about the snap counts and advanced stats from Thursday's victory. But first, you don't need any analytics to know when you should send a safety over the top when it comes to your performance in the bedroom. If your little guy is struggling, we've got the perfect play call for you. Listen up, fellas. BlueChew.com, that's blue like the color blue. 
Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So unlike a Matt Burke defense, you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, dime defense, bare front, 4-3 under, whatever the personnel, even on a full stomach. And since Blue Chew are chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever your number is called. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when using our special promo code LOCKEDON. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E, Chew.com, promo code LOCKEDON to try it today for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the Locked On Dolphins podcast. We are five days removed now from that Dolphins preseason opening victory over the Atlanta Falcons, but there is still plenty to chew on here throughout the course of game week as we approach Friday's matchup, the week two game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, of course, with two days of joint practices today and tomorrow occurring between both the Dolphins and Buccaneers. We're hoping to get a live report from those practices here on the podcast in the coming days. I'll let you guys know if we can make that happen. But I still want to go back and go over some snap counts and some advanced data from the game on Thursday night as some of this stuff is pretty telling both in regards to who's playing well but also how we can project the usage of these players and lineups going forward into the preseason and into the regular season come September 8th against the Baltimore Ravens. Which, by the way, a side note here, watch the Ravens game last night, their first preseason game against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they lost plenty of pressure players. And to make up for that lack of pass rush, they're going to do what the Dolphins want to do this year. They're going to send bodies after the quarterback and the Dolphins are going to have to find a way to pick up those blitzes. And I think the Dolphins would be best served to figure out who the first five guys are, the starting five linemen, sooner rather than later to get their assignments figured out and get those guys playing well and in tandem together because the Ravens are going to bring a lot of exotic pressure in that game and Miami's going to have to be able to handle it with a quick, short passing game and probably just throw the running game all the way out the window to start things and beat the Ravens with the pass because they're going to put bodies in the box and force the Dolphins to win with the pass to start that game. So that's just a quick side note. Threw that in here. Let's jump back into this article up on LockedOnDolphins.com. It's titled Personnel Package Lineups, Snap Counts, and Other Tuesday Fins Notes from Around the Internet. And of course, we start with ProFootballFocus.com. You guys should sign up and get yourself a PFF account today. Not even an ad read here on the podcast, but they have so much valuable information on the website. And nine players on the Dolphins offense played 35 snaps or more on Thursday. And most of those guys were offensive linemen, but one of them was the quarterback, Josh Rosen. His 42 snaps were third most on the offense, and I think... Or rather, I know that two things are evident based upon that information. Number one, if Josh Rosen starts the game, the Dolphins are going to have to make a choice between either giving Rosen a quick hook or just holding Ryan Fitzpatrick out of the game entirely. And I don't fancy either of those options because I think that Fitzpatrick, in a new offense, needs to get the reps if he's going to have a chance to start the season at quarterback. Number two, the evaluation of Rosen requires as many possible reps as they can see. And it kind of lends me to think that maybe they want 
won't start him off week one, and they're going to get him as many reps in the preseason to take that for an evaluation, because if you bring him on second into the game, you can both get him reps with the first team, but also give him that extended look into the second quarter and third quarter with the second and third string offense just to get him more reps. So the quarterback battle wages on, but I do think the Dolphins will favor Fitzpatrick going forward. The rest of the offense, Chris Reed and Will Holden had the most snaps on the game on Thursday. Both had 52. And as far as Reed goes, I think they're just getting him multiple spots of work as cross-training at right guard and at the center position behind Dan Kilgore, which by the way, Kilgore and Jesse Davis both played 13 snaps. Neither of them allowed a pressure on the night. They were the only starters to not allow a pressure as Michael Dieter and Shaq Calhoun allowed two pressures each and Jordan Mills allowed four pressures. One of those was a sack. But back to Will Holden, this guy got some first-team run at practice on the scrimmage, some second-team work as well, and then 52 snaps on Thursday. I think they want to get an extended look at Will Holden, but I think that extended look has come and gone, and I think this guy might be on his way out sooner rather than later. Isaiah Prince, we talked about him yesterday a little bit. He had 16 pass blocking snaps, and he threw a shutout on those pass blocking snaps, and he played 36 reps in total. I expect him to get a promotion this week up to the second team starting off, or second team offensive line rather. And we talk about this message that everybody gets a clean slate. Everybody's going to have a fair evaluation. And that has been the case throughout the course of preseason and the training camp so far. But I think the writing is on the wall for three players. The guys that played the least, Aaron Montiero, Jared Jones-Smith, and Tony Adams all played eight snaps each. That was the lowest snap count across the entire offense. And at receiver, Preston Williams' damage came on just 23 routes run, an impressive 4.17 yards per route run for 96 yards. And I know this is way too small of a sample size. One preseason game, fully aware of the absurdity of this idea. But Julio Jones led the NFL last year at 2.91 yards per route run, just to give you an idea how dominant Preston Williams was on the night. Trenton Irwin, Michael Dunn, and Clive Walford all had positive grades and good games by PFF metrics, and that jives with what I saw on film as well. I think all three of those guys have a shot at the practice squad, if not an outside shot at making the opening day roster. On the defensive side of things, the 14 top snap takers all came from similar backgrounds, except for one player, Charles Harris. 35 snaps were the fifth most on the defense on the night. The other 13 guys were all either undrafted rookie free agents or minimum cost veteran acquisitions like Sam McGuavin or other guys that came from other teams across the league. Now, Harris did make one run stop, had two tackles, and applied a pressure, a hurry, the lesser of the three types of pressures you can apply. But I think that he was more effective against the run than the status suggests. A guy that was not effective by metrics or by film was Nick Needham. He led the way with 53 snaps. And I think the Dolphins probably wanted to let him marinate in that performance to see how he responded. I think that he went from a guy that might make the opening day roster to a guy that probably gets stashed on the practice squad at best right now. And then a handful of linebackers checked in with a half game's worth of work as far as snap counts go, or even more. Terrell Hanks was among them, and I think he might have had the best night with four tackles and one run stop. I showed you guys that play where he disengaged and made the stop right around the line of scrimmage, though he did allow three receptions in coverage, an area he's going to have to improve going forward, something he can improve in his rookie season, hopefully. The top three graded defensive players were Xavier Howard, Akeem Spence, and Jonathan Ledbetter. And Ledbetter had three pressures and two run stops on 28 snaps, a smashing success for him. And an even better night for fellow rookie UDFA Dwayne Hendricks, which I don't understand why he wasn't graded higher. He gets dinged for one missed tackle, and his tackling grade derailed the rest of his grades. 
but he had four pressures and three run stops on 26 reps. That is dominant. Jamal Wiltz, Montre Hardage, Sam McGuavin, and Trey Watson. I think all four of these guys, two defensive backs, two linebackers, figure into the 53-man roster as it stands right now, and they played between 30 and 48 snaps respectively, giving them an extended look for the evaluation in game number one. And then let's go back to the starting lineup here and talk about Jerome Baker. He made five tackles on 15 snaps. Dude made a tackle every third snap. And three of those tackles were run stops. And run stops, again, are plays that are stopped within two yards of the line of scrimmage. Baker was also not targeted in coverage, and he did not blitz the quarterback. So a great night there for Jerome Baker to round out the defensive advanced metrics here on this Tuesday edition, the August the 13th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. We're going to have a mailbag edition on tomorrow's show. Thursday, we'll have a crossover podcast with the host of Locked On Buccaneers. And Friday, we'll preview the game with my own write-up and my own podcast, taking a look at the top 10 things to expect from that game, as well as the joint practices. Plenty of content to come your way here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. And when we come back on the other side, we're going to break down the ideal lineups, both on offense and defense for the Dolphins, explain some of these defensive packages and what they're designed to do and what they look like. All of that next, but first, a reminder for you guys to check out Fantasy Football with Vinny Iver and the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. Vinny gives you the edge with over 20 years covering fantasy football. Don't listen to the same stuff as everybody else unless you want to wind up with the same team as everybody else. Get the edge from Vinny that will put you ahead both on draft day and all season long. It's Locked On Fantasy Football on your favorite podcast provider. One of the best things about the Dolphins playing an actual football game on Thursday on the 34-27 victory over the Atlanta Falcons was that we got a little bit of confirmation regarding what this team might look like from a schematic standpoint. We we talked about it. We speculated about it all offseason long. We had many guests, whether it was Patriots beat writers or Kevin Dern on here to tell us about their studies of that Patriots defense and how the Dolphins might apply it here to the current personnel under Brian Flores and Patrick Graham. But some of the stuff we saw on Thursday night in what was supposed to be a vanilla scaled back schematic standpoint in a preseason game, we saw a lot of the stuff we're going to see come the regular season and a lot of the stuff we saw during training camp, at least as far as how they align themselves pre-snap. Now, I do believe we're going to see much more blitz packages, much more exotic looks, and of course the amoeba package with only one down defensive lineman with his hand in the dirt, as well as some combination coverages on the back end. They're going to do more to the sky stuff, I'm sure, as they go ahead here. But as far as the pre-snap looks, we saw it all. We saw the 4-3 under, the 4-3 big nickel, which is basically a 4-2-5 with McDonald coming down as a linebacker in the box. The 3-3-5 bare front, and of course, the long-awaited 3-2-6 dime defense, a thing of beauty as the Dolphins executed that. And you can find that video on my Twitter timeline or on the Locked On Dolphins article, Monday morning quarterbacking the Dolphins preseason week one edition. But we jump back in here to some diagrams up on LockedOnDolphins.com right now on today's article, personnel package lineups, snap counts, and other Tuesday fins notes. 
and I went ahead and used some diagrams from the wonderful World Wide Web and pulled those things into the article as well as some examples of the dolphins and how they align in those packages and this 335 bear what you're basically going to have is a nose tackle and two tackles lined up over the guards with a zero tech and a couple of two techs up over those guards you're going to have a safety who plays inside the edge linebacker off the strong side of the formation and you're going to have staggered linebackers lined up about the formation as well and you can go ahead and check out the diagram as well as the Dolphins example on a second down and seven play on the opening drive for the Falcons in this game and then there were some 4-3 under looks which basically has a lot of the same principles you're going to bring the strong side linebacker down onto the line of scrimmage your weak and your middle linebacker are going to lined up stacked right behind the two techniques or the two eyes or the three techs depending on where they line up on the defense again the diagram up on LockedOnDolphins.com describes that better but they showed this look on that same drive just a few plays later so they're going to dip into this bag of tricks and be multiple like we expected and that shouldn't be a surprise but it is nice once again to confirm some of that stuff and then finally the beautiful 3-2-6 dime defense where you're going to pretty much put whatever you want down on the line of scrimmage you can stack your linebackers however you want the key here is we've got six defensive backs onto the field three corners three safeties working in bracket coverage preventing the defense from getting the first down on third down and long plays, something we never saw under Matt Burke. We saw plenty of Kiko Alonso chasing guys like Julian Edelman or TJ McDonald and Rashad Jones playing two deep safety, a fit for neither of those guys. So no longer will we see that. We're going to see actual defensive backs designed to play those roles and those positions. And I think, I hope, I do believe that this Dolphins defense will stop giving up so many third down and long conversions as was the case regularly last year and 2017 under Matt Burke. And so with that, how about some of the ideal defensive lineups for this team? Again, they're going to be multiple. They're going to have guys in specific jobs and specific packages. And we start with the big nickel defense, which has four guys down, three linebackers, although one of those is TJ McDonald. And then your four defensive backs, Christian Wilkins, Devon Godshaw inside, Charles Harris and Tank Carrick on the outside with Jerome Baker and Sam McGuavin as your nickel linebacker sort of so to speak ahead of Raquan McMillan and then McDonald comes down there into the box with Fitzpatrick and McCain back deep as the safeties and two deep looks or you can rotate them to a robber and a single high look with Xavier Howard and Eric Rowe on the outside. The 3-3-5 bear, the one we described off the top of this segment, you're going to have the heavy package with Devon Godshaw, Christian Wilkins, and I'm putting Vince Taylor out there, although it could be Kerry Dean or Harris, but I want Vince Taylor. You're going to have Jerome Baker, Raekwon McMillan on the inside there, and Nate Orchard probably comes down off the edge as an additional rusher with Xavier Howard, Eric Rowe, Minka Fitzpatrick, Rashad Jones gets onto the field with Bobby McCain, the other safety on the defense. The 4-3 underlook, again, another change. Tank Carradine, Devon Godshaw, Christian Wilkins, and Vincent Taylor on the defensive line with Jerome Baker, Raquan McMillan, and now I'm going to bring Andrew Van Ginkle onto the field so he can help me cover up tight ends and work to the flat in coverage as well. Xavier Howard, Eric Rowe, Bobby McCain, and Minka Fitzpatrick round out your 4-3 under. Your 4-2-5 nickel defense, pretty much your base package for most defenses across the league. Christian Wilkins and Devon Godshaw with Charles Harris and Tank Carradine, and we're going to go Jerome Baker again, Sam McGuavin for his coverage and blitz packages, or Andrew Van Ginkle can get onto the field 
in place of Sam McGuavin with Xavier Howard, Eric Rowe, Minka Fitzpatrick, Rashad Jones, and Bobby McCain, part of that package. Now your 3-2-6 dime, who are the six defensive backs you want onto the field? Up front, I went Christian Wilkins again. He's going to play a lot. Vincent Taylor, a better pass rusher on the interior than Devon Godshaw. And Tank Carradine, another guy that can rush inside so Wilkins, Taylor, and Carradine with Jerome Baker and Andrew Van Ginkle at linebacker again. And then I have Howard, Rowe, Fitzpatrick. Jamal Wilt gets onto the field on the dime defense with Bobby McCain and Rashad Jones at safety as well. And of course, Fitzpatrick can act as a fourth corner or as a third safety, however you want to line them up. On the offensive side, we're going to assume that Ryan Fitzpatrick is the quarterback for now. And we're going to also assume that Dwayne Allen is still out because I just think it's easier to stack this lineup without Dwayne Allen in the mix. The offensive line is going to go unchanged across all formations. Tunzel, Dieter, Kilgore, Reed, and Davis. And then you have your 11 personnel package, which is one back, one tight end, three receivers. That goes Kenyon Drake and Durham Smythe at tight end. We saw him hit that great block for the Kalen Balaj run. And then Kenny Stills. Albert Wilson and Preston Williams gets into the 11 personnel starting lineup over Devontae Parker on 12 personnel. Kenyon Drake again, Nick O'Leary and Mike Kosicki. And we've seen that throughout practice and in the preseason. And in that 12 personnel package, I want my speed on the field, Albert Wilson and Jakeem Grant. In 13 personnel, I'm bringing the hammer in, Kalen Balage behind Smythe, O'Leary and Gasicki with the one wide receiver being a bigger body, whether that's Williams or Devontae Parker. And then 10 personnel, which is one back, four receivers, Kenyon Drake because of his receiving prowess, Kenny Stills, Preston Williams, Jakeem Grant, Albert Wilson, and 01 personnel take the back off the field, bring Mike Gasicki onto the field because, again, we're throwing the football. Kenny Stills, Preston Williams, Albert Wilson, Jakeem Grant, and some two back sets, 21 personnel, two running backs, one tight end, two receivers. We're going to go Balage and Cox, Durham Smythe, the tight end, with Stills or Grant, not sure which one, either one works. Williams or Parker, either one works as well. And then 22 personnel, our last package here, two backs, two tight ends, one receiver, Balage and Cox, O'Leary, Gasicki, and then Williams or Devontae Parker, not both, or Parker. So those are the personnel packages. If that was too confusing, go check out LockedOnDolphins.com. It's all written and listed out for you guys up on the website. As for today's show, that is going to be my time. Again, mailbag show on Wednesday, Thursday crossover episode, and Friday a game preview. Although I could switch the Thursday and Friday shows, I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do yet. We've got practice at Tampa Bay today and tomorrow. We'll cover all that and get you the rest of the news you need throughout the week here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. But as for today, I'm going to go ahead and duck out of here. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins. Keep up to date on that Daily Dolphin blog over at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.